Hi, I'm Juan Pons of the Alpha Mirrorless Show here on the TWIP Network, and you're listening to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for This Week in Photo is provided by the CashFly Content Delivery Network. Send your web content blazingly fast with CashFly. And now, pay as you go. Start with two terabytes free by going to C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com and use the promo code TWIP. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks, the super simple cloud accounting software that's giving thousands of freelancers and small businesses the tools to save time billing and get paid faster. You can try it free at freshbooks.com slash TWIP. This is TWIP, episode 485, Shoot First or Ask First. The Ask First campaign gets tested when photographers attempt to photograph at a public BDSM fair. We discuss the morality and legality of photographing public events and the dangers of photographing people against their will. Also, Sony unveils the A99 II, the long-awaited update to their flagship A99 DSLR. The A99 system is amazing, but considering the success of their A7 series of full-frame mirrorless cameras, what's Sony's play here? And Fujifilm announces the GFX camera system, a medium-format mirrorless camera that records 51.4 megapixels. Can Fuji extend its X-Series magic to the medium format world? It's Monday, October 3rd, 2016, and this is TWIP. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson, here to discuss a few of the more interesting stories impacting and affecting photographers this week. I'm joined by two of my good friends, Ms. Sarah France from France France Photographers. I'm going to say fans. (laughs) Fancy from Fancy Photographers. That's a good name. That's actually a good name. Uh, Sarah France from France Photographers and Juan Pons from our Alpha Mirrorless show, as well as many other projects he's working on. Hey guys, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing good. I am doing good. It's been one of those Mondays where you know it's just like I feel like I just got up. And I've been working and on calls and <laughs> no, I didn't just get up wampons, but <laughs> well, yeah, well, you know, I was just wondering. I feel like I just got up <laughs> because, you know, from eight o'clock this morning until what time is it? It's six o'clock Monday evening now, six fifteen Monday evening. Yeah. Uh, I've been cranking, you know, and it's been one of those one of those days where it's like, where did the time go? I know today's been crazy for me as well. It's just not one thing after another nonstop. Yeah, but I tell you, I look, I look for the one saving grace for Mondays is this show. This is yeah. one of the reasons why Twip is on Mondays, so Mondays feel <laughs> less like Mondays. <laughs> I get to hang out with my friends and you know have a little beverage, have a drink, have a drink <laughs> kick back, yeah. and you know talk about one of my favorite topics or three, yes. at least three of my favorite topics, and uh, those are photography related stories. So uh, before we dive in, Sarah, you uh, what's going on in your neck of the woods? You are in. Are you still down there in Orange County, hanging out? We're in San Diego, mm-hmm. and um, my team—it's myself and two other photographers down here in San Diego—and then um, we have another photographer in Austin, Texas, right now, and we are building out that team in Austin as well. So um, it has been a crazy crazy month <laughs> last month and this month looks the same so but crazy in a good way though right in a great way yeah we had um a couple weekends uh of last month that we had like five weddings in in a weekend so it was um actually that even possible a lot of processing. <laughs> okay. i know 
Jeez. Like one in the morning, one in the evening, one yeah. in the morning, yeah. one in the afternoon, and one in the evening. There's four of us, so it is possible to do that. But a lot of, we shoot together a lot of times, so it meant a lot of double headers for us back to back. And everybody's ready for our retreat. We're doing a retreat at the end of October in Lake Tahoe, and we're super excited. We're just like anything to get there and be and relax and enjoy. That's so cool. Well, yeah. congratulations on your success. I know you're crushing it. Yeah. That's great. Sarah, Sarah, you've always been like the branding maven and attention to detail on color palette, font, everything with regard to your business. And now you're extending that <laughs> into this France kind of, uh, uh, is, we don't want to say monopoly, right? We'll say empire. Right. Empire. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Soon to soon to be monopoly, but it, we'll <laughs> we'll start with empire. <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, welcome welcome back to the show. It's good to have you on. Thank you. And also, Mr. Juan Pons, one of the hosts of the skyrocketing Alpha Mirrorless podcast. How's it going, Juan? Um, I'm doing great. Just getting ready here to actually hang out with you, yeah. right at the Out of New York. Uh, photo conference in just a few weeks. That's right. That's right. What are you going to be talking about at the conference? Um, I think I have a couple of different things. I'm going to be doing a talk on Lightroom. Um, I thought you going to be more like a little mini workshop on Lightroom. And I'm going to be talking about my passion, which is wildlife photography. I'm going to be talking about that quite a bit. And then um, we're going to be talking about gear in one of the sessions. That's cool, yes. Um, yes as yeah. well, yeah, which is going to be, like you said, you're going to make me cry. I am going to make so you I'm cry. Gonna, that's a challenge. It's my goal is to um, make Juan Pons break down <laughs> on stage like a, like a little girl whose dog got taken away. <laughs> is there going to be video? Is there gonna, I want to see this. No video. No video. I, I don't yeah, think there's video. And then... <laughs> And then I think I'm going to a um, – I'm doing a photo walk at the Brooklyn Bridge, which should be pretty fun. I think it's sold out yeah. already. So that that'll be kind of cool. But, you know, the, the crazy thing is I come back from that. I'm home for like two days, and then I head out to Scotland to lead a photo workshop for 10 days in Scotland. Then I come home. I'm home for three days, and I head out to Cuba to lead another 10-day workshop in Cuba. Wow. Um, then I come home and I'm home, I think for a couple of weeks and I'm going somewhere else, but I don't even know. I haven't looked at So you, you come, ho- you come home then there's marriage counseling and then you take <laughs> off on the next. <laughs> I, don't have time. You got to build that in. You should just build that in with your accountant. So at the end of the year, you could say, let's just set aside this much money for the marriage counseling. Hey, I, I get to write it off. It's exactly. part of the business. It's a business expense. Yeah. I mean, yes, it is. All right. Well, welcome back, man. It's good to have you on as well. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to be here. All right. Well, let's dive in. There's a couple of stories that are really interesting this week. The first one is kind of back to the uh, back to the old twip, right? We, we typically like to get into controversial topics from time to time. And uh, this one comes to us from Petapixels, uh, Petapixel. And the topic is photographers upset by Ask First stickers at BDSM Folsom Street Fair. <laughs> yeah, you heard that right. BDSM yes. Folsom Street Fair. If you don't know what the acronym BDSM stands for, you can look it up, but uh, it's not really relevant to the conversation, what it is. It's not? I think it is. Why is it? Okay, well, why, well then you define what BDSM yeah. is, Sarah. Well, since... I don't... It's like bondage and domination, Fetish. right? Sado, sadomasochism. Sado, okay. I was and like, hold on, I'm breaking down the acronym. I think I know yes. what it means. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's part of the, that feels like part of the story. Okay, set the story up for us and then we'll dive into it. What's what's happening and why why is the Ask First campaign 
getting getting photographers' feathers riled or their their leather rumpled. It's basically a, a sticker that a lot of people are are wearing saying "ask first, which means basically like don't take my picture unless you ask me first. But mm-hmm. in all fairness, when reading kind of the article and that and all the details of it, there were some general um, recommendations like it of course, if you're doing like a portrait of somebody, a verbal like is it okay if I take your picture was really the ask first, but there's also nonverbal communication that they talked about or eye contact and, um, somebody, you know, giving them a head nod, stuff like mm. that. So, um, it's yeah, not so necessarily the, like, get the smile, like, get the smile, <laughs> like point at your camera and thumbs up. Yeah. Is this yeah. okay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I got approval. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a story for a reason. There's a lot of sides to it, but Basically, the sticker is out there, in, and a lot of photographers are upset about it because it's just creating a a general um, feeling of we shouldn't be taking your picture unless we ask you first. Is, That's is the, what I get I gotta, from it. I don't know. This is why this is such a good twib story because yes, it's a fifty fifty thing. Because in public. There is no expectation of privacy sticker or no sticker, right? Because if you walk right. around with a sticker on that says no pictures, yeah, sure. That means you don't like your picture taken. That doesn't mean I can't take your picture. You know, by law, right. I can take pictures. If you don't want your picture taken, you need to go into a private place there. And then you can put all the stickers you want up and nobody can take photos. But on the other side, there's always two sides. On the other side... If someone doesn't want their likeness their likeness captured, they don't want to be on camera for whatever reasons, then photographers should should respect that, you know? So, I don't know. I mean, by law you should there's right and then there's morality, right? So, on one side, the legality of it all says, yes, you can take pictures in public places, but the should you comes in, you know, especially if someone says ask me first and then I'll make that decision, then that's kind of morality. But I don't know, one, one what do you think? Well, I, I mean, I, this is this is such a landmine, and it's you know it's almost like our, our polit- current political landscape. There's so much here to grab mm-hmm. onto, um, and the, I think that you know if you're out in public, and I know that people are a little bit sensitive because I actually looked this up while we were talking. What BDSM stands for it stands for bondage, discipline, dominance, and submission and sadomasochism. Wow, that um, does so- sound like our current <laughs> political climate. <laughs> Yes, it does. <laughs> also known as um, Election 2016. This is not a political podcast. It is not. <laughs> yeah. I know the listeners um, always like revolt be, at me because I behave. bring politics up. All right. No more yeah. politics. No more politics. Well, no more politics. <laughs> I, that's it. Well, I mean, I, I mean, we are in a public – these people are in a public area. I mean, Folsom Street in, uh, in San Francisco, right? It is absolutely a public area. So I'm not so sure what the expectation is that these folks have for privacy. I understand that people are in a public area engaging in the private – um, communication or you know private activities yeah. with somebody mm-hmm. trying to be delicate yes. here that's one private thing beating but when you're you know. <laughs> but when you're when you're in a public area with hundreds and hundreds of people I mean what is your expectation of privacy there's fifty thousand people right. looking at you oftentimes there's spectators looking at you what's the difference between having 50 live spectators versus someone taking your picture and sharing yeah, it. Yeah, it's like going to Burning I, I think, Man. I think this it's like going is... to Burning Man and saying, hey, don't take my picture. You know? Well, like, they were, they were right. saying well, that the know, stickers were at Burning Man, too. Right, which is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I, I think this is ridiculous. I think this is going a little... Okay, Juan thinks it's ridiculous. Yeah. Sarah France, is it ridiculous, or is it? do you agree with it? 
I mean, I, I think that there's a general rule of thumb that we we need to just appreciate as photographers is that in these public places, obviously, when people are wanting to be looked at and wanting to be visible, like, of course, they you would think they want to have their picture taken. And I think these stickers are almost making them think like they shouldn't. And maybe they, oh, yeah, you should ask me first. So I agree that I don't think it's sending the right message to um, to these people that are that are wearing it or to these big gatherings. And I, I definitely feel like at Burning Man and, and these places, like people go to experience this stuff. But there mm-hmm. is the other side that maybe they go to experience it, but it doesn't mean that they feel like they should be in their eyes, like exploited or have a picture or kind of show up all over the place of them. And they're concerned about that. And they just want to be like free and free spirited and with a group of people and not be photographed. So I can really see both sides. And I think for the, from the photographer's perspective, if somebody is wearing a sticker like this, um, it doesn't hurt to like ask them. It doesn't hurt to give, get the, you know, eye contact. It's okay. Kind of, kind of, you know, agreement as well. But in a group setting, if you're taking like a large picture of a group of people, I wouldn't worry about it. Like, it's not like that's going to be a portrait that's depends on what that group of picture, what that group of people is doing. And if you plan on running for office later, (laughs) you shouldn't be there if you plan on running for office later. Let's just start with that. That that brings up another question. question, I have a question. Uh, Go ahead. ahead, I have a question. I have a question. If if I mean if if you're in an event like this and you have to ask for permission, don't you lose some sort of a spontaneity in the portraits or the images that you're making? Yeah, it becomes a you portrait. Know, the fact that you're going up to people saying, "Hey, can you can you please can I take your picture? Can you post me?" You've completely lost the moment and you compl- completely lost the spontaneity. So I'm not sure how realistic this is. I mean, if you want the privacy, you know, in an event like this have an event in a private setting where only people who are invited can go to. And then that's a different story. But if you're in a public area, I I, I don't know. I don't, I think it's, it's. How about this? How about this is, there's an issue underneath the issue. So the, I think the top level issue is ask first. They don't want pictures of them taken. I think what they're really getting at is, don't post my picture on social media without my permission, <laughs> right? Which you will never get because yeah, yeah. they're strangers. You're never going to see them. Like that's the hard thing about this is that Facebook knows yeah. all facial recognition. They'll find you in that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they'll find you. Well, and legally, I mean, photographers do have the right. So it comes down to this is more of like a, a preference thing. But honestly, people don't really have any backing for it. So it doesn't yeah. really matter. It's like a polite request. Because if I, if yeah. you take a picture of somebody, you upload it, and it's on social media, Facebook's robots look at the picture and tag you in it, and you it shows up in your feed, what's your legal recourse? You can't you can untag yourself, of course, but Same. beyond that, you can't say, hey, I cease right. and desist. Take my image down. And the guy, the guy or, or lady will be like, hey, that's my image. I posted it. They, hey, uh, also, can, can this actually incite some violence when out of the location? You know, a photographer that's actually taking an image where people mm-hmm. feel entitled or protected by this little sticker. All of a sudden, the photographer gets accosted by a group of a well, That happened. Yeah. That happened it, actually a couple of years ago in Los Angeles. We did a story about that on TWIP. Where uh, these tourists in Los Angeles took, were taking photos, and they decided to be a good idea to take some photos of some some homeless people sitting on the side of the road, and ended up being murdered by the, the homeless Holy people moly. that were like, "You take my picture, I'm going to take your life." Right? So, 
you know that it, it could get that's an extreme of this situation but you never know especially if you take you're taking someone's photo without their permission you never know if that's the last straw to an over <laughs> to an overall bad week that they've been having and yeah. you know they're like if one more picture take one more person takes my picture i'm gonna go off and you show up with your iphone and snap a picture yeah right? so and people People are definitely don't understand like the law in a lot of these cases. I mean, we do because we're photographers, but not everybody understands that that how that's how it is. And so these kind of messages can can be very confusing. I could definitely see how that could cause some some issues as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Sarah, switching this over to weddings. Like, do you have, when you're doing a wedding and you're the official photographer that, in your contract to the bride and groom, do you have a stipulation that says something around, like, don't take, we're the only ones that can take photos, or during this particular part of the, the event, only we can be taking photos? We do have a part of our contract that, that says that, but um, as just, like, a general rule of thumb... W- I haven't ever had to like exercise my right in that area really mm-hmm. uh, ha- because I I want guests to feel like they can do what they want but I'm still going to get the you know I'm still going to get the shot. It's during family formals really because Aunt May will look at you know her daughter who's taking an iPhone photo instead of looking at me when I'm shooting right. 20 people and I can't tell that Aunt right. May is not looking at me. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the only place where it causes some issues. And, and we just have a tendency to be like, okay, everybody like look right at me. Everybody make sure, you know, a, a ton of kind of ways to get people's attention. But, um, we have it in there just in case there's some sort of situation where they've got an uncle Bob who also is going to shoot form family formals and we don't have that in the schedule, whatever. So I've never had to exercise it, but we do have it in there, but we also have something in our contract that says, um, basically gives an image release for anyone that's at the wedding that mm. says, you know, as a general rule of thumb that we're going to be taking pictures and posting uh, from anyone that's in at your wedding in your wedding or you. Yeah. So one, one, how do you, how do you, how do you, when you're participating, participating in BDSM type events, how do you keep people from taking photos of you? <laughs> like, he was laughing already. He like knew what you were going to say. I, if you're I watching knew exactly the video, you if you're watching with. the video, Juan Pons just turned the same shade as Sarah's blouse. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding, Juan. Juan needs to a drink a little, for that I one. need to have a little bit of beer, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, when I go to the BDSM, I, I just make sure that I'm properly dressed and I'm you know covered and only <laughs> this robe in the right. You can moments. tell you can oh tell gosh. that you're not involved in that scene because you called it the BDSM. Hmm. <laughs> the, the, yeah, there and you then go. And after that, you go, you get on the internet and check out the Facebook. <laughs> I'm already checking it. You're kidding me? <laughs> no, but but in all seriousness, you look at this and yeah, you could be wearing the sticker. But to a lot of photographers, that sticker will mean, you know, walk farther away and put on a longer lens, right? Totally. So, right. Yeah, right? So that means don't be seen. Don't let me see you taking my picture. But, you know, with today's optics and sensors and low light performance, you could, you get the image from across the street if you, if you really wanted it, right? So what do, you, what do you do in that situation? Nothing? There's no, no recourse, right? 
Well, I mean, I think it's just like, you know, if you've ever been to the Castro District in, in San mm-hmm. Francisco. I and mean, they're all the time, they're yeah. All, all the sorts time. Of, yeah. <laughs> that's where you hang out, right? That's where you hang out. I mean, it, it is. It, I mean, it's a zoo in there. And, it, you know, it's a free-for-all. And if you're there doing a public exhibition, you know, I'm not sure what expectation of privacy you really have. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're there, I mean, I, I'm thinking that people are there because they do feel kind of a, you know, have an exhibitionist kind of, you know, uh, streak in them, um, pun intended. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I really don't know what, how big of an issue this is. I think, I, you know, sometimes, you know, I'd look at these stories and I'm kind of skeptical. Is, it, is this the media making more? And we're the media, yeah. right? We're, we're making more. With, we're the media with quote really fingers, is. So, yeah. <laughs> right, right. I mean, are we making more of this than there really yeah. is? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yes and no. I mean, if this is a story that affects you, then you're going to be listening intently. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, they could put a longer lens. It on. doesn't affect me. It does not yeah. affect me. Juan <laughs> Me thinks thou dost protest too much. <laughs> no, no, this is good. This is a good story. I mean, I like these kind of stories because they're, you know, it's it's fifty fifty, and like I said in the beginning, half of it is legal, right? So you have no legal recourse if you're in a public place, but in the other side of it. It's moral, you know, and and do you want to be the photographer that's taking pictures of people against their will, right? And I think and I think the third side of it is what I mentioned earlier, is a safety issue also. I mean, the fact that these people have these stickers, are they going to feel entitled to that privacy? Yeah. And is it going to be an issue for photographers, people who have who are entitled to be out there, you know, and, and make their images? And are they going to be in danger from people who feel like they should have the privacy when they really don't have privacy, right. at least from a legal perspective? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, this this could go really deep because then you know it gets into video and you know what if you just roll video on the whole event and extract 4K frames from it to make stills, <laughs> you know you can't like not get in that shot. You know? I, yeah, I, I can't think of this anymore. I know it just it goes deeper and deeper. All right, guys, let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about Sony and a brand new camera that they've recently unveiled. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. So you're racing against the clock to wrap up three projects. You're prepping for a photo shoot later in the afternoon, all while trying to tackle a mountain of paperwork. Welcome to life as a freelance photographer. Challenging, yes, but our friends at FreshBooks believe the rewards are so worth it. With freelancers and small business owners in mind, FreshBooks has announced the launch of an all-new version of their cloud accounting software. It's been redesigned from the ground up and custom-built for our needs, photographers. FreshBooks has created a super-intuitive tool that makes it easy to create and send professional-looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. You can easily customize your invoice with your logo, color scheme, or any image that reflects your brand. You'll be able to see what invoices have been sent, viewed, and paid, as well as overdue and outstanding invoice totals. You can even chat with your client regarding an invoice once they receive it. The modern and simplified dashboard works as the hub of your business, answering the most important question. How is my business doing? You'll have quick access to outstanding balances, spending, total profit, and accounting reports like tax summary and profit and loss. Tracking expenses is as easy as taking a photo of your receipt and using the FreshBooks iOS app. You can track expenses by vendor and by category. And time tracking makes it easier to bill for time by client and by specific projects. You can easily start your timer and track your time 
to the minute. And when it comes time to create an invoice, you'll know what you did and when you did it. So get ready for the simplest way to be more productive and organized, and most importantly, get paid quickly. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to the TWIP audience. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Start your 30-day free trial today. And we thank FreshBooks for supporting this episode of This Week in Photo. All right, we're back. This next story is about Sony, something that Juan Pons is is near and dear to Juan's heart. So, uh, Sarah, you're not you're not in the Sony camp yet, are you? I remember last time you were on, you were thinking about yet. it. I, I love no, because yet. La- last time she was yet. she was <laughs> contemplating the move. Yeah, I am. Uh, you're still contemplating. You haven't jumped no. yet. I got uh, I got the Sony AR7 II. I I've been shooting with it for Oh, you you got it. Okay. A month and a half. Awesome. Oh, are you yeah. happy? Have you switched completely from it. Canon? I love it. Yep. Yeah. I sh- I brought wow. um we went to Denver to shoot a wedding um up in Beaver Creek which is up above Vale and I just brought my Sony gear and I was like, "Oh my gosh." I'm just bringing Sony gear. <laughs> uh, was that the first time that you kind of you went commando with Sony only? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think mostly it's just my muscle memory from my hand yeah. coordination with my brain that right. I was getting really used to trying to figure out, okay, where's this button on the Sony or where do I want it to be? So I, it wasn't really that I wasn't wanting to switch over right away from Canon to Sony because of the gear. It was just because of like me learning it and feeling comfortable and all that. I was bringing my Canon a lot just to, just in case I felt like, um, unsure about something. Cause I was, your, 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 your Linus, your Linus security blanket. Right. Yeah, exactly. There just in case, which is such a pain because that security blanket weighs a lot. (laughs) Your (laughs) security anchor around a rolling bag of security blanket on every wedding. I'm like, well, it's it's good training, though. I mean, it's that that security bowling ball bag is your incentive to learn that Sony faster. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, but that's exactly the same process I went through. I mean, mine was a sort of slow uh, migration from one to the other because of that same exact issue of the muscle memory. It, you know, I've been shooting Canon for, I had been shooting Canon for, I don't know, 15 years or something mm-hmm. like that. And I knew those buttons. I didn't have to think anymore. Yeah. It takes a while to break that cycle and kind of, you know, pick that up. I was carrying, you know, Canon gear with me, you know, out to Alaska, out to, you know, different parts of the world, you know, along with my Sony gear, just because of that same thing, that security blanket. Mm-hmm. So you're not yeah. alone. Yeah. Well, well, Sony, Sony has upped the ante again. Mm-hmm. They've unveiled a new camera body called the a99 II. it's a 42 megapixel full frame a mount body so this is a big guy right so i don't know one tell us about this you're the sony guy so mr alpha mirrorless tell us about this new sony go well i mean the, the, the cool thing about this is that it has the same sensor as the a7r2 um but it is in a lot of respects kind of a much more action-oriented camera you know the the autofocus on it is even better than the ACC 300. Um, and it has kind of the ergonomics of that DSLR, yet it's not truly a DSLR because it has a translucent mirror in it. Um, so, what does that give you, the translucent yeah, mirror? Because I know that's not new to the Sony line. They've been, they've been innovating around that right. translucent mirror for like a decade at least, right? 
Well, the the great thing or the big thing that translucent mirror, mirror gives you is the sort of hybrid autofocus system. For example, if you look at the A6300, which is an amazing autofocus system, all the focusing happens on the sensor itself. There are special um, uh, uh, autofocus areas in the sensor that do the autofocus. But with this, you have the traditional uh, autofocus sensors from a DSLR as well as the um, the the on sensor focusing uh, uh, areas mm -hmm. as well. So you have this kind of mega, if you will, autofocus system that's supposed to be incredible, very very good, and uh, you know even better than the A6300, which is you know pretty remarkable. It has the same five axis as the stabilization system as the A7R2, which is which is absolutely great. But you know I'm thinking that this is an A mount. Mm -hmm. Camera. What you're seeing right now is a plethora of lenses coming out in the E mounts, which is what which which is what the alpha with the uh, the A seven and and that series cameras uses, right? In the sixty three hundred, yeah. correct. Yeah. It's a totally different mount system. So you know, in a way, it's kind of you you kind of dividing your resources, and you have lenses that are being developed for the A mount system, lenses developed for the E mount system. Now, granted, there's a lot more lenses on the uh, from Sony on the A-mount mm. system today than they are on the E-mount system. Yeah. In, it's older, including, you know, it came back from the Minolta mm -hmm. days, um, you know, including 500 millimeter lenses and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, so a lot of people are excited. I think a lot of people thought that the A-line or the A-mount system was dead. Yeah, that's what I was going to so say. Because so much emphasis has been put on the E-mount system. that's one of the reasons why we put this story in here, because one of the questions I wanted to dive into is, the Sony's enjoying and leading the mirrorless market in a lot of well, they're leading the mirror, mirrorless oh, market yeah. on full frame, right? Uh, but they're they're the ones to watch, and people. It's for a lot of photographers. It's not a matter of if; it's when they're going to switch over to Sony, so uh, to the Sony A7 mirrorless kind of line of of bodies and A6300 series of cameras. Uh, why why do why is it that they put money behind? what seems like legacy technology is it because of the installed base and like you said the library of lenses that are out there already or or what i mean i think it's because of the install base that's out there already they're pretty vocal install base although a lot of people have switched over um so i mean you have to ask sony you know, as as we know talking you know getting information out of these japanese companies is absolutely almost impossible to do yeah. um so i'm not understanding thinking they do they have said though that they're committed to the a-mount system and they're going to continue to develop the a-mount system i don't know what that means but i know that the you know the real innovation in the real development is happening in the e-mount yeah. system because we're seeing cameras after cameras coming out you know for example people have speculated now with this new camera coming out um, with this A99 too coming out, that there's going to be an A9 camera to rival the A7 camera. Of course, yeah. So on the E-mount system. So I mean, who knows? I mean, this. I mean, this camera looks great, but I think that you know, for a lot of people, you know, the 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 uh, the you know, what was it? Wayne Gretzky said, "I don't look where the where the puck was is where yeah, it's going Steve, to be." Yeah, I think where things are going to be is the E-mount system. I mean, that's where everybody's eyes are focused on the okay what is your advice because there's, there's a number of this is like a rubik's cube because if you're if you're already in the the a99 you already have an a99 or you're in the a mount ecosystem right now and you're like oh great finally there's a body i can update to i don't have to worry right. about going to the a7 and replacing all of my lenses should they do that or should they just bite the bullet sell all of their a mount stuff and jump over to e-mount 
<laughs> it, it really depends. I mean, it's, it's almost the same dilemma as people coming from Nikon or Canon. You know, it's whether, you know, what's your pain threshold for actually moving from one system mm -hmm. to the other? And, you know, Luckily for us, the, the, the movement is actually pretty easy because you have these adapters so that you can actually transition use, you know, by using your A-mount lenses on the E-mount mm -hmm. system. Same thing with Canon, same thing with Nikon. So you can actually do a smooth transition over from one to the other. You don't have to do sort of a wholesale. So it really depends on whether you're someone that craves the new technology, the latest and greatest, then stick with the E-mount system. But if you have, you know, a lot of glass and you're committed to the A-mount system or that's your preferred system, at this point, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing there to entice you to move the, to the E-mount system today. Yeah. Now, what's going to happen tomorrow? You know, who I knows? Know. But um, I would say if you're in the A-mount system, you know, right now you have that sensor, that 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 A7R2 sensor, which is the, right now the leading sensor in the industry it's on that camera too. So and that camera, man. Sarah, have you have you hold a, a Sony A ninety nine before, or one of these one of these Sony DSLRs? Yeah, I they're have. beautiful. They are like, yeah, I think they they're are. one of the unsung heroes of the of the photography world. People are always talking about Nikon and Canon, you know. But you, when Sony with this A ninety nine, it's like, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a it's a work of art. I, I wonder why they don't get more play. I think too that it it'll somewhat depend on what kind of photographer you are because I mm. feel like the A ninety nine is positioned more towards like landscape photographers or um, um, photographers that are shooting out in the safari or whatever. So the action type photographers as well. Um, right. Whereas the A seven R twos are are more positioned for wedding photographers, portrait photographers. So there, it just depends. I think the nice thing is that Sony is showing a commitment to their existing customer base, and they're also showing that they're still going to be the innovation leaders in the industry right now. And I think it's just, it's actually that's why I'm the most impressed with Sony is that they're making moves and they're making them quickly. And they're not like sitting around and spending forever to release new technology and then yeah. it not even be that advanced. Right. I mean, one of the cool things that Frederick, in a, in a recent episode of the Alpha Mirrors podcast, we talked about how the E mount system, the E mount cameras today have quite possibly, and I actually I made this statement that it has the greatest selection of lenses of any camera system out there. And the reason for that is because you're seeing all these manufacturers coming out with native E-mount lenses, mm -hmm. right? So you have all the lenses from Sony, all the lenses from Zeiss, all the lenses from Rokinon, all the lenses from Sigma. They're all coming out with E-mount system, but you also have the adapters. Yeah. So that now you have the entire selection of Canon that lenses. That list of, of lens manufacturers you mentioned are also coming out with Micro Four Thirds lenses as well. So, right. you know, I don't know right. if you can make the statement well, yeah. that it's the best lens lineup, but it is good, you know. Well, but, but, but see, but when you consider the adapters, though, now you can add on top of that the whole line of Canon lenses. Yeah. I use Nikon lenses on my Micro Four Thirds so, camera yeah. all the time. Metabones. Yeah. Metabone yeah. speed boost. Boot, boot. Metabones, yeah. yeah. Booster works like a charm. But you lose, obviously, autofocusing and all that stuff. You do lose autofocus? I, I was like, I have a question for Juan. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've ahead. been trying to figure out what adapter to get for my A7R2s. And 
to use a few of the Canon lenses that I love that I feel like Sony doesn't have yet, which is like a 24-1.4, which I love. And, um, well, they just came out with a new 70-200, which I'm really excited about, but it's hard to get a hold of. So, um, what, like, which one of those adapters, are there any that can work for wedding photographers who need that, like, autofocus speed? Oh, absolutely. Wait, wait a second. Are you telling me you don't listen to the Alpha Mirrorless uh, podcast? I mean, oh, oh, no. no. <laughs> I know. I'm like, uh, you can just recommend a link to me for that episode yeah. I should Al- listen to. AlphaMirrorless.com. AlphaMirrorless.com. <laughs> no, no. There, there is. I mean, I'm a wildlife photographer. So if I can shoot wildlife with the Canon lenses and the, and the, uh, in the e-mount system, you can certainly do um, uh, weddings as well. It's, it's pretty equivalent, I would they say, to the two. And the one that you want to use, certainly for the Canon system, is the Metabones adapter. Okay. You want the Mark IV adapter from Metabones, and you'll be so you'll be amazed as to the autofocus capability that you'll have when you use that That's adapter cool. with your e-mount um, camera. Yeah, cool. And awesome. you, does does that particular adapter increase your your light sensitivity? So I know the one I get, no, the one I not. have gives me, I think it's a one and a half or two stops of additional light in the lens when I use it with an icon right. lens. Yeah, no, the, that's the speed booster. This one has absolutely no glass in it. It is just a tube with electronics in it to actually pass through the uh, autofocus signals and all the electronics. Cool. So the lenses seem, and you have you have image stabilization, you have autofocus, you have. It looks just like a native that's lens crazy. on your on your Sony e camera. Uh. Um, it is amazing, and that's—I mean—that's the advantage of the Canon system, you know. And I'm not not trying to pick sides here, but that's the advantage of the Canon system versus the Nikon system, because when Canon switched systems, you know, they they actually kind of abandoned their user base, right? And they went to the EO mm-hmm. system. Nikon, you know, kind of kept the legacy system alive. And what that happened, what that has uh, um, uh, caused, is that the autofocus system in Nikon is kind of a nightmare for engineers to try to reverse engineer. So you, there are no adapters that work all that well for autofocus system on the Nikon uh, system. But on the Canon, they do incredibly well. That explains well. it. That explains my, my dis or misinformation about my Metabone speed booster that connects to my yes. Micro Four Thirds. The, it doesn't pass autofocus information through. So all no. of my Nikon lenses are manual focus. I mean, they're great, but they're, they're, they become dumb right. lenses or just glass at that point. Whereas on the Canon side, right. if I'm hearing you right, on the Canon side, if I was to adapt a lens over there using the appropriate adapter, they have the ability to pass through autofocus information, correct? Absolutely. We have an episode, especially on wildlife photography, where you know I, I talk about you know, some experiences that I had shooting eagles in flight with the Sony cameras and Canon lenses. If you can shoot eagles in flight, yeah. you know, with that system and keep tracking them, you know, when they're coming in really fast to catch fish, you can pretty much track anything with that with that system. Uh, so, Sarah, Sarah, you're you're the twip I'm, listener question of the week. So. I know. <laughs> I'm like I'm on Amazon right now. <laughs> it's in my bag. There you go. Well, before we leave the A99 too, uh, the other thing that people that are considering this body might be interested in is that they also they're also saying it's well suited for video it shoots full frame 4k yes. at 30 frames mm-hmm. a second uh or it, let me i'm reading here if you use it in crop frame mode super 35 at fi- at a 15 megapixel still resolution 
It can do 4K at full sensor readout with 1.8x oversampling and no pixel binning. And if you want to shoot 1080, if 1080 is enough for you, you can shoot at 120 frames per second for slow-mo, which is, that's a beast. I mean, I don't know what the output, because I know like on some of the Panasonic, like the GH4, they do all these crazy cinematography um, uh, you know, compression algorithms that they have in there. I'm not a cinematographer, but they, you know, they have all these different modes. Like they'll record in lossless and basically raw, flat. They right. can color grade later and all that. I don't know if this camera can do that, but it sounds like they're on their way to doing something that that can create imagery that's useful. Is that? Yeah, my understanding. I may be wrong here because I haven't really looked at the video specs on this camera. But you know, it can record up to 100 megabits per second mm-hmm. um, on the card itself. But and don't quote me on this, but I believe it does have a HDMI out, so you can record externally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of a, at mm-hmm. raw. But I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, but I mean, people are saying that for video, this is probably one of the better. Sony cameras for video. So this camera is not mirrorless. So does that mean it is banned from being discussed on well, Alpha Mirrorless? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, we did talk about that on a recent podcast and that we really focus on the E-mount system yeah. because we, you know, it, we don't want to confuse people with two types of systems and whatnot. It, you, and you're right. It is. It's funny because it is not mirrorless because it does have a mirror. But it does have an electronic viewfinder. It does not have a pentaprism. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It's a so hybrid. So it's kind of a hybrid system, you know, which is kind of cool, um, you know. But, it, you know, we've, we've made the decision, the executive decision, really to focus on the E-mount system, not so much on the A-mount Yeah, system. until you change your mind and you get one of these as a demo. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no that's cool. Maybe next year. All right. Well, cool. Well, yeah, that's, that, was, that was helpful. This is a really interesting camera body, and it's, it's really encouraging to see a company like Sony, even though they're having success with the A7 and that E-mount line, continuing to innovate in other areas on the one hand on the other hand it's confusing right (laughs) so you know because they're so successful on the left why are they why are they paying attention to the right so and that that has no political connotations at all just (laughs) fyi (laughs) i didn't even think that way i'm just saying i'm just keeping it Keeping it right down the bipartisan line. Okay, so story number three is about Fuji. Speaking of new cameras, they're announcing or they've announced the GFX mirrorless medium format camera with, wait for it, 51.4 megapixels. So, uh, and this comes to us from The Verge. So let me read this blurb to you. It says, the world does does not fit conveniently into the format of a 35 millimeter camera. Um, this is from W. Eugene Smith, uh, Fujifilm. He says they announced their new GFX system uh, built around a 43.8 millimeter by 32.9 millimeter CMOS sensor designed to be the companion to Fuji's X series of cameras. And like X series, the GFX, GFX is mirrorless, helping it to be more compact, reducing mirror shock, etc., etc. But this is this is something new out of Fuji. So basically, kind of riffing on what you were saying, Sarah, the you know these companies, these other companies like Fuji, Panasonic, Sony, etc., are innovating and trying new things. And this is an example of a of a new thing. And I'm sure Fuji people are salivating. Are you salivating, Sarah? Is it making you regret your Sony purchase? Oh, no. <laughs> a medium format camera is not the right choice for me. I, th- yeah. I think that 
it, it might have a place in in kind of like a larger format commercial world, but I'm not sure. I think I think the hard thing about this stuff is you get so into specs. It's like, oh, it's got this and it's got that and it's got yeah. this. Yeah. But it really comes down to what does the image look like? Mm-hmm. That's the really yeah. hard part. And that's, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to get my hands on a Sony and really test it out and see the images and see how it, you know, and see how the images looked and felt and kind of that kind of texture to them. So on paper, this looks really like interesting, I think, for commercial shooters. And but it's definitely going to come down to what does the image look like? How does it handle mm-hmm. the data that it's given? Yeah. Yeah. Show me the money. Right. Show me the money. One. Yeah. One. Is this a I mean, obviously, you're <clears throat> you're in the Sony camp squarely. Uh, but does what do you what do you think about this camera? This, you know, from the standpoint of a mirrorless uh, like, you know, a mirrorless medium format camera. Well, I mean, I, I think to me, mirrorless is is the way to go. I mean, no matter, you know, my alliances to Sony and, you know, how I like the Sony cameras, I think mirrorless is really the way forward. I think DSLRs at, to this point are really um, kind of old technology and we, you know, we need to move forward. And having a medium format mirrorless kind of makes sense. Now, you know, what's the target market for this? As Sarah mentioned, you know, you're talking about commercial photography with product photography, mm-hmm. maybe portraiture. You know, but beyond that, I'm maybe maybe some landscape as well. But beyond that, I'm not sure what the market is because, you know, a system, a camera system, is only good as the lens system totally, behind it. Yeah. And and this camera system has a new lens system. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's called the G system or the G mount. Now, you know, obviously, this camera coming in at nine thousand dollars is going to have a pretty small market. So are other camera manufacturers going to be or other lens manufacturers going to come in and start producing lenses for this system? You know, uh, probably not. And, you know, so I wonder what the positioning is. I I wonder if Fuji is positioning this as the, you know, kind of the ascension of of their other line of cameras. Like, okay, you want to step up to the ultimate in Fuji. It's the GFX. I don't know. That could that could be it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do have, I mean, on workshops sometimes I have people coming in with uh, capture one cameras, oh, wow. right, in House of Blods, and like uh, rocket, you know, for rocket launchers, work, you right? Know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and these things, these systems are huge, yeah. but even for those systems, you have a, a huge selection of lenses that you can use and, and leverage. Here, I'm not so sure. I don't know. I, so it's hard. To, I mean, it's, I think it's too early to tell where, how this camera is going to do and what market is, you know, how it's going to be positioned, like you said. What market is it going to fill? Yeah. Um, I mean, Fuji makes some great cameras. I mean, I think, you know, it, it's kind of undisputable that they do have the best ergonomics in the camera mm-hmm. world, right? The best usability of all the cameras out yeah. there. So with, you know, with from quote fingers, because it's completely subjective, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, absolutely. Absolutely. So, but, you know, people still talk about Fuji and how good they are. They have a legacy in the camera world. They know the camera oh, world yeah, really yeah. well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, sometimes, you know, we can be surprised. Yeah. No, yeah. no I agree. And is this position to compete? With, isn't there a, there's a Hasselblad, um, right? Yeah, we talked about medium that. format. That's a yeah, the X1D, I believe. Yeah, yeah the, the X1D right. just came out. Trey Radcliffe has been raving about 
you know, Trey moves from camera systems like, you know, some celebrities move to different wives. You know, he's like, <laughs> he's like I think his, the, yeah. his newest object of affection is Hasselblad. So probably moving over there. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you need to have you have to really, really, really deep pockets to move to the Hasselblad. Yeah, I know exactly. But that yeah, that it's like, it's like the Beverly position, Hills of photography. That Hasselblad's yeah. nine thousand dollars as well. So they're like neck for the body. Neck. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Let's talk about lenses on the Hasselblad. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. There's. <laughs> oh. they, they cost more than than my car. Yeah. They've got different <laughs> different kind of. Physics on the Hasselblad planet uh, than we have here on Earth. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit different over there. I don't know. It's exciting though. I mean, I'm I'm excited that that Fuji's doing this stuff. Sony's innovating. At I mean, you guys saw the announcements that came out of out of uh, Photokina. There's just a ton of a ton of movement in the photography industry. It's not like photography is stagnant in any way, right? Yeah. It's oh, just no, no, not all, all these, whether it be mirrorless, you know, some of DSLRs from, you know, all these drones that came out. It's just insanity. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. feel like for uh, maybe like the last 10 years or so, it was like Canon, Nikon, Canon, Nikon. We were just waiting for like, yes. what's the next Canon going to be? What's the next Nikon going to be? And yeah. for a while there, I was just getting disappointed. I was like, oh, that was cool, but that took five years to come out right. or... Right. Three years or whatever, and yeah. honestly, when they, I was expecting the next Canon to be just ridiculous from the five D um, Mark three that we have. Four that we have. I don't even know. Right, and the next three, the three, and now the four yeah. just yeah, came the out. Four right, is, four is so new when the four came out, I was like in the transition of getting a Sony. And I was like, oh, man, the Canon's going to come out with something great. They announced it. I went and checked the specs and the information. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, this was Mm -hmm. how long in the making? I could not believe that they hadn't gone farther with the technology to at least, like, try and one-up the game. So It's like, yeah, you're you're totally right. It's like, you know, you're, you're waiting on your significant other to go out you know, to get ready, and he or she's upstairs <laughs> getting dressed, and they're taking like three hours to get dressed. They better come down looking fantastic. If they come down yes. looking anything less than stellar, then you're going to be like, "Really? I waited all this time for that." Same thing with these guys. <laughs> like, right? Like this is the equivalent of Canon coming down the stairs with you know shorts and Birkenstocks on when you guys are going out to dinner. I mean, I mean, having said that, I think that you know the the Canon 5D Mark IV is going to out sell the, the all the Sony cameras combined. There's no question about that. Just because that. of the installed there, base, you think? Right, the installed base. They're, they're the behemoth of the market. There's For no sure. question about that. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. But, but at the same time, you think about, you know, like Sarah said, is you are taking five years to get here. You kind of, I almost felt, you know, I came to the point where I was feeling used by Canon. It's like, yeah. okay, they're just trying to milk me for money, you know, coming out with as little incremental updates as they can to try to get my money without really giving me real value. Yeah, Whereas with Sony and some of these other vendors, I do feel like, you know, I'm getting a lot more for my money. You know, you look at the sensor of that A7R2 and it's just something, you know, you know, incredible compared to what you have on the Canon system, you know, uh, DxO Mark just came out with their uh, with their review of the Canon 5D Mark IV, and they said it's the best Canon sensor out there. 
but it still falls far short of anything from Sony yeah. and from Nikon and whatnot. Yeah. So. Well, you look at these cameras, you know, it's been, when when you're number two, you try harder, right? Remember, remember back in the eighties, right. I think it was there was the uh, it was Avis. Avis had a marketing campaign that <laughs> yes. said, "We're number two. We try harder." Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. I mean, I'm it's, glad. Yeah. I'm so glad that Sony came in the market. That Fuji's trying to do stuff. That all these. Tech, all these different oh, yeah. companies are out there trying to do it because it just means it's going to be better for us as an industry getting more cutting edge stuff where people can't just you know cruise by anymore they're going to lose customers yeah so yeah. It's good right for now us. they're they're moving they're like the banks right too big to fail so they're yeah they're they have this giant install base momentum that's keeping them alive no matter how much they mess up or how much they don't innovate and but that is only sustainable for a certain amount of time because everything from attrition mm-hmm. to all of these other companies and technologies nipping at their heels from the iPhone with its innovation to mirrorless cameras from all directions to you know people only have yeah. so much money so if they're like well hey I need to upgrade my system but you know that drone that DJI or GoPro released looks pretty cool so I need some money for that and should I and these guys haven't innovated in anything in five years yeah. maybe it's time for me to jump into something different and less expensive and spread the hedge you know hedge the bets a little bit yeah so. definitely and I think Sony's so smart and or Metabones is so smart in making adapters yeah. for the for the Canon lenses because it makes that transition so much easier especially when you don't lose autofocus that was I think a big um I've heard that out there a lot that oh yeah you can use this adapter but you lose the autofocus and I, right. I you know it's and it's not true now in the new technology that they've come out with so that's a really nice thing and I'm excited to try it out too yeah yeah it's gonna be exciting all right, guys, let's move on. Uh, we're going to skip listener question because, Sarah, you already asked a host question. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but we're gonna... That should be a new segment. Uh, for yeah, host question? Host, host questions. questions. Yeah. Well, then this will just turn I'm, into a big mastermind. Just let me know. <laughs> I will. <laughs> All right, well, let's, ship, let's jump into segment three. That's our Picks of the Week segment. This is the segment where you guys get to recommend something to the TWIP army that is photography-related. Sarah France, I'm going to let you go first. What is your Pick of the Week? Well, my pick of the week was the Sony A7R2, but I feel like I've kind of beat that home now. And that the horse is a lenses. bloody pulp right I now. I know, man. like completely ridiculous now. So I might have to, while you guys are doing your picks, I might have to pick another one. But Okay, you go find another one. Juan, okay. Juan you uh, tell us what your pick of the week is. Well, my pick of the week is a Mindshift Gear Backlight 26L um, photo um, backpack. It actually is a, a new one of the new backpacks from the Mindshift Gear. For those folks that don't know who Mindshift Gear is, these guys are kind of an offshoot of Think Tank Photo. Um, they're one of the best, at least in my opinion, the best camera bag manufacturer out there. And what one of the cool things about the backlight is that it's a backpack that opens up in the back as opposed to the front. So you can actually get to your camera equipment um, while the backpack is still tied around your waist. Mm. One of the differences within MindShift versus uh, Think Tank is MindShift uh, camera gears are more geared towards the outdoor photographer. So they have full, very comfortable harnesses and a uh, waist strap to put your weight on your waist as opposed to on your shoulder. So they're much more comfortable. Um, and this bag, what you can do is you take it off your, your shoulders, you sort of swing it around your waist, and then you can access all your camera gear right from the back without taking the camera 
backpack off and having to put it down on, you know, wet ground or muddy ground or anything That's like that. That's so smart. That is so smart. I'm showing photos of it right now on the in the YouTube video. So if you're listening to this, come back to the site and come check it out. Um, we'll link to these as well. well. What, I, what I love about this is that I can I can carry in. There's so much gear, especially when we're talking about the Alpha mirrorless systems, right? They're so mm-hmm. small. Um, compared to the DSLRs, I can carry so much stuff in there. It's it's actually incredible. Yeah, look at this. They've got it loaded down. It is, you know, that's the other thing, man. It is really good to see movement in the camera bag industry as well. And I would I would credit a lot of that to the Peak Design crazy ridiculous Kickstarter that they that they yeah, did yeah, six yeah. million dollars for a bag on a five hundred thousand dollar ask is just that's ridiculous. And I, you know, when I met with those guys, I was like. You know, have you have you gotten any feedback from the other camera manufacturers? Are they egging your house? You know, what's, what's going on? You know, and it's it's just interesting to see how cool this stuff is coming out. And and like we photographers, me speaking specifically about me, I I don't feel like I could ever have enough bags. I don't know. You know, I now sympathize with, you know, some women and their lust for different (laughs) purses and not ever having enough purses because I feel like that about my camera bags, mainly because there's never you never have the perfect bag for all situations. Right. There's there's always. okay. well, today is a kind of a sling day. This is a shoulder bag day. This is a backpack day, you know, and then there's different variants on those. I don't know. Sarah, what do you carry around? I, I'm kind of a geek when it comes to bags, too, but I have, like, one purse. <laughs> okay, so, so I think I'm kind of a guy. You're the outlier. You're I've the got, outlier. like, my one purse that's perfect for all my, like, little stuff, and then I put that purse in my cool gear bags. So okay. I I carry an undefined bag for all my weddings. Um, oh, yeah. I I love that bag because... Uh, I can travel with it really easy. The insert comes out, and so I put the insert in my in my checked bag, and then I actually put all my stuff in in the little bag and carry it on. Um, so that one's fantastic, and all of us have it. And then they we each have like our own customized flap, so it has like our branding and stuff on it. Oh, of course so it's you really, do. Of course. <laughs> so because, it's because really that nice. makes the photos that much better, right? Totally. You're like, who's? Well, actually, it just makes it so we can tell our bags apart because they oh, are identical. Go. Otherwise, there you and go. We're gonna have to figure something else out, like a different colored insert or something, because we're still grabbing each other's bags at weddings sometimes. <laughs> it's like that's wow. my bag. Dang it! Sorry. <laughs> so, but that is. I, yeah. Bags so what is what is that really undefined, nice. right? Undefined. Undefined. How's it? It's spelled weirdly, right? There's no e in it's there or something. U N D. Hold on. Oh. Yeah, U N D F F I N D. Yeah. Yes. No, no e at the end. So undefined yes, without right. the without the last <laughs> e. Yeah, we do the 13 inch. Um, is the one that we really like. All of us have the 13 inch, and you can do different covers and stuff, and get monograms and um, or get your logo kind of stitched on there or whatever and a while back i remember when those guys came out i think i spoke with them once a couple of years ago but mm-hmm. i remember there were like it, it seems like photographers were coming out with their own life there was like this era of photographers coming out with their own lines of camera bags yeah. you remember that so that there was yeah yeah oh wait i'm sorry sarah you were one of them <laughs> 
you. You were one of the, but I wasn't thinking about you. I was thinking I know, of uh, it Jessica. Wasn't a camera. It wasn't actually a camera bag. Jessica yeah, yours was Claire. more like an everything bag. It was yeah. like, yeah, but like specifically Jessica camera bags. Claire, Kelly Moore. Yeah, yeah, there were bags that were trying to target the female demographic. There's an know? Ona bag, which is leather. Kelly Moore is a non-leather. And then there's um, Jessica's The Shoot Sack. Right, that's what I'm thinking. Is that still around? Did she kill that or is it still going? It is still around for sure. And And the undefined bag really had a hard time getting started because it seemed like a, a knockoff of that bag. Oh. The actual bones of the bag are very different. In my opinion, I, the structure, having the structure of a bag versus like the elasticity only, um, was a huge difference in getting lenses like in, in and out, but they did an interchangeable cover, which was the same as, um, as the shoot sacks. They have yeah. an interchangeable cover. And so that just became like a huge feud in the in Uh-oh. the industry. You guys didn't because talk we about know it? the I wedding mean, photography surprised. industry doesn't. They never have any sort of drama or controversy. <laughs> oh, totally not. <laughs> yes, but I think both the bags are still out there. So you can you can you can take a look at them and choose yourself. I um, I just I tried a shoot sack to begin with, and I dropped my 35 trying to like put it into the bag quickly yeah. and i was out i'm like yeah. and i'm out that's it yeah yeah you don't I have a three- structure Wait, you don't have a three strikes law sarah come on this i have a like- one strike law when it comes to dropping a lens that's it yeah I, w- I would have out. the same yeah, yeah. I-, I love it yeah yeah same here i have a yeah i have a one strike law on everything so it's just <laughs> <laughs> that's just my way of living it's like one oh, strike boy. you're out you're done um <laughs> So, Sarah, take us through your pick of the week. I have a feeling it's going to be something related to light modifiers or something cool. Wow. See, you can look into the back end and see what I have Google in my head. You're like, hold on. (laughs) She's going to choose MagMods. We use the MagMod systems in our studio, and we got these a couple of years ago at WPPI. They were, I think it was their first year at WPPI, um, and they're just genius. I still really, really love them, and basically what they are is they have a base that goes onto each of the flashes that has a, um, magnets in it, and then there's modifiers, and mm. you just put the modifiers on and off, and they are magnetic as well. Um, and there's four positions. So each of the modifiers even have different positions that you can put them in. And there's four um, magnets on each of the modifiers. So it's really nice uh, for versatility to kind of say, oh, I want I want this one. I want the, you know, we call it a, a bloop, I think is what we call one of them. The other one's kind of a sphere looking thing. Um, but they also have things that are usually hard to use, which is stuff like um, like using a snoot or a grid. And those things are usually a little more complicated to put onto your system. And this is just quick, pop it on, and you're ready to go. There's also a color color modifications that you can pop on and off really easy. So and it's, it's all magnetic. Really it's not. System. It's it's all magnetic. So I know some of the other ones are either they go on with 
with rubber bands or Velcro or something like this. This one yeah. is using strong magnets. <clears throat> yep, it's using strong magnets. The only problem we've had with it is sometimes the magnets like attract to each other when they're not meant to. <laughs> they pull yeah. out of the, yeah. and then they get it. Then they get attached, and it's like impossible to get them apart because they're so strong. But you're, you're describing my love life, Sarah. I mean, <laughs> 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 we're just like magnets. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I could I could resist it. <laughs> I know. I, when I was describing the magmods, I was already like, "Oh no, I'm in deep water." Frederick's gonna. There's gonna be some sort of joke with this. I can tell. <laughs> I can't help it. I can't. But you it, know, you have to go with it. I, I've I've learned to embrace my my sense of humor and just roll. With I know. It. <laughs> well, and if you get the magmod system, you'll notice there are some. They're very easy to like form and shove into a bag. Cool, but. A lot of people say that the bloops seem, feel like boobs. So Uh-oh. there you go. Wow. So, you okay. Get... So, sir, looking at this, um, the first thing that came to mind was yes. Gary Fong. Fong Dong. Yeah, the Fong Dong. So the is Fong this dong. like the evolution of the <laughs> Fong Dong? Or is this something... I mean, obviously, it does. It looks similar but different and yeah. more of a system. But yeah. is it in that same ilk? If people, In other words, yeah. if people have a Fong Dong system or Gary Fong stuff right now, should they consider this or, or not? Oh, Gary, I'm so sorry. Yes, I think that this is definitely an evolution um, to that. And it just makes switching from that sort of a system to something else really easy. So you don't have to basically take the system off and then put a whole other system on. It's just magnetized. So throw it on, throw it take it off, keep moving with your day, especially like for wedding that. photographers. Yeah. Speed is such an issue when you're looking at doing something really cool. If you can't do it fast, you're not going to get to do it. So, And are these fast? I'm looking at, I'm looking at this, this animation on the screen here. It, are, the, are the magnets strong enough? I mean, you're running around. Like I think wedding photography would probably be the extreme usage yeah. of these. Are they, are they strong enough to stay on Like when you drop them to the side and grab another camera body? They're definitely strong enough to stay on. That's not a problem. The only problem is that sometimes the flashes aren't strong enough to hold them up. So that would be kind of the only issue. Oh, you mean like the the pivoting mechanism on the flash itself? So if you wanted to go up at like, you know, a 60 degree angle or whatever, it might droop down because the, the neck is not strong enough? It's it's usually strong enough to hold it hold it, but if you're moving around a lot and doing doing jerky motions, it may end up kind of like changing positions. So that's probably the only thing. It only really happens with the bloop and with the um, other adjuster. I forget what they call it, but the one that one. And which one is the top. bloop? Is that this thing? That's right the bloop. Here? The one okay. she's squeezing. Okay, got it. The uh, the silicone looking thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, we you we take both to weddings because depending on unless we know for sure what the lighting's going to look like, depending on the room, the bloop might be the right the right idea, or more of like the cone looking modifier might be a better choice because if is it's that a dark the actual ceiling, name of this thing is it called the bloop <laughs> or are you just no i'm <laughs> totally making it up okay <laughs> i mean like the name I'm of like looking Magmod, on the page for bloop like where is you're like bloop hold on, it? on i cannot find bloop anywhere i'm, I'm like Sarah's hold on maybe i'm making up product it. names okay. on the fly so it's it. sorry it's called the mag sphere is what okay. we call bloop and the mag bounce is what I couldn't find a name for. 
So okay. the MagSphere is one that we use to kind of push light all over the place. And we use it a lot if there's like white ceilings, light colored ceilings. The Mag Bounce is really great if you have dark colored ceilings or wood, anything like that, because it'll actually just bounce off of the white and project onto your subject. Wow. Look Which at is that. good. But yeah, Look at that. they're Snoot. not that expensive either. I mean, for the whole they're kit, not. I guess it is five hundred dollars. But I mean, you make that back. You know, if you're shooting, if you're shooting weddings and that sort of thing, that would you'd make that back relatively quickly, right? Well, and five hundred dollars is like their biggest option. But I, we just recently purchased a one for um, our Austin photographer, and the control kit is a really great place to start. Because it it basically has the majority of stuff you need, but a lot of the fancy stuff you can get later, and that's two forty four. So it's like half the price, and you and you don't get, um, you get the colored gels, you get the you get the grid, you get all the rest of it, snoot, all that good stuff. You just don't get um, some of their newest stuff that's come out. So they have what's called a mag beam kit, which which basically magnifies light. So if you are a shooter that shoots on the beach, like we do, it's really, really bright out and you can't get enough light out of your flash to kind of compensate. The mag beam is their newest invention. And And that that one, just, just for, for complete transparency, that's the one that David hobby went in on these guys for several months ago because they, I think they had, they were doing a Kickstarter, I think, for the Mag yeah. Beam or some sort of some sort of crowdfunding campaign, and they misrepresented by saying that it was taking your strobe and making more light from your strobe, which is you know, unless you have yeah. some sort of right. dark matter material in there, you, know, <laughs> you can't do it. But they yeah, they quickly yeah. adjusted and said, you know, they changed the verbiage to to be more genuous rather than disingenuous. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Definitely. So you you like this? So you you have I outfitted do. all of your photographers with this system? Yep, and we're able to like easily interchange and bring different. You know, we don't have to worry about who's got what, where. You can just grab what you need, and it's really nice. It's a nice system. Very cool. All right. Yeah. That's the magma. See, and you found that that quickly. Well, I while know. Juan was going on about that bag. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hold on, I have something cool. Pete. Well, I'm going to leave it at that. I do not have a pick of the week tonight. Perfect. So I'm going to leave it in, you know, with the Mind Shift Gear Backlight. No, yeah, the Backlight 26L. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Backlight 26L. Backlight 26L. That sounds like a strobe or something, but it's actually a bag. And Sarah is the MagMod system. We'll, and we'll link to both of those in the show notes. All right, guys, we're at the end of the show. Sarah France, I'm going to let you go first. What is, uh, which, what's the location where people can find you, and uh, what do you have coming up? We, you can always find us on francephotographers.com. Um, we're going to be launching our new website in a couple weeks, I promise. And we, I'm also going to be speaking at United in Arizona. Um, if you haven't gone to one of these shows, they actually are really fun. It's a good group of people. Uh, it's going to be November 6th through the 9th, and I'm excited for that. I'm expi- excited to get out in the community because we've just been so busy. But you, of course, what's can call called? us it's, on it's, Instagram. What's the URL for that event? <clears throat> it's showit.com backslash united. Hold on. Showit.co backslash united. Okay, so that's a David J joint then, huh? 
show it's actually not david j anymore they what? split <laughs> yeah how so, could they split it was his baby <laughs> that's not even well he how? had a partner in it just a silent one who's not so silent anymore so um show it as kind of as its own group now got it cool. see yeah. like i said Drama in the wedding industry never ends. <laughs> it is like a reality show <laughs> unfolding every day. Cool. Exactly. Look at this. Keynote speakers. We've got Jasmine Starr, Mary Mor- yeah. Morant, Caitlin James, Ike and Tash Haynes, uh, Natalie Frank, or Frank, and Christy mm-hmm. Dickerson. Very cool. Yeah. It's and are you, are you doing... Oh, there's Sarah France in the breakout sessions. Look at that. Yeah. I know I'm excited about my breakout session because I'm getting really like deep and intensive with um, financials and building your business kind of in the right direction, understanding what you're doing, what you're spending, where you're going. So that's really cool. It doesn't sound like a fun topic, but I'm super excited about it. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm sure it'll be people need it. People need it. It's important. Yes, yes they do. Yeah. It's, their, it's their broccoli. They need it, right? <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> on, on Instagram, it's kind of fun because we have all of our photography on France photographers, but you can follow any of us like individually to see kind of more of our personal lives. So um, my Instagram is Sarah France if you're looking for, for me on Instagram too. Sarah, I think you need to write a script and pitch it to Hollywood, and I think there needs to be a reality show about France photographers, this group of awesome women that travel around doing wedding photography. We've talked about it. We have a dream team package that includes all three of us that we shoot together, and we did one um, this year at the Hotel Dell, and it was so much fun. We were like, this is so great, but honestly, reality TV scares the crap out of me. I'm like, no thanks. No. Yeah, yeah. Until they write you that first three million dollar check, and you're like, "Then I mean, okay, thanks." Yeah, just kidding. I love it. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. Well, cool. Well, Sarah, thanks for coming on the show again. I of appreciate course. it. Thanks always, for having me. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. All right, Juan Pons. What about you, man? What do you have coming up, and where can people go to connect with you in the real world? Well, I mean, the best place to find me is always at alphamirrorless.com and on my website at juanpons.org. But if you want to see some of the latest images from the places that I travel to teach photography is on Facebook. you got to go to facebook.com slash juanpons. And there you're going to see I try to post an image once a day at least with, you know, images from the latest and greatest place I've been to um, in the past few weeks. So right now I'm posting a bunch of stuff that uh, I took while I was at Glacier by myself. I actually one of the, uh, I haven't been able to go um, for doing uh, photography by myself in a little bit, a little while. So after a workshop in Yellowstone and Grand Tetons, I took a few days and spent in uh, Glacier by myself. And I'm starting to share those images on Facebook with everybody. That's a so, dream. And everybody seems to That's like them. That's a dream, so. right? I mean, we as photographers, we, 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 well, some of us travel a lot, some of us more than others, but it's usually attached, for me, it's, I'm speaking personally, but it's usually attached to a workshop or some other event, event, or we extend our trip for some other work engagement to get photos of that location or whatever. Very rarely is it, hey, I'm going to jump on a plane and go to this location just to shoot photos, unless you're Trey Radcliffe, and then you <laughs> just, <laughs> you just <laughs> bounce around the planet and then you know come back and, and make great images. So that, that's cool. So Juan, tell us about, uh, tell us about Alpha Mirrorless. 
Well, Aphamirilis, as, as we've discussed, this this should actually be a, a maybe we should release this as an Aphamirilis podcast. I know, well, totally. We talk so much about uh, Aphamirilis. Uh, <laughs> so the Aphamirilis is a, a podcast, you know, kind of uh, around the Aphamirilis camera system. Um, the Sony E-mount system, but it's not just about that. My co-host and I, Andy Williams, talk about all sorts of photography topics, you know, from wildlife photography to landscape photography to how to uh, um, share your images uh, with the world or infrared photography. Plus, we answer questions from our readers as well. That's one of our favorite segments where people send in questions about all sorts of stuff regarding alpha um, the alpha system or photography in general, we answer those on, on the air. And uh, we actually release every week on Monday. As a matter of fact, as soon as we're done recording this episode, I am going to finish pu- uh, publishing our latest uh, episode of the Alpha Merlis podcast. I was going to ask you about that, but I was going to wait till we get <laughs> off the air. <laughs> well, you have a new listener right here, so I'm really oh, excited. Great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the perfect show for... Sarah, you are the exact target market for Alpha Mirrorless. I mean, (laughs) along with all the people that already shoot Alpha Mirrorless, but for the people that are are thinking, you know, should I jump? And what's it all about? And what's all that... What's all the hype about this Sony stuff? You know, these guys break it down, which is which is yeah. really cool. And the cool thing is, one, neither you nor Andy are uh, are sponsored in any way by Sony, so you guys are able to, you know, tell it like it is without holding it holding yeah. back any punches. Yeah, we're known about bashing some of their shortcomings quite a bit too. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're not beholding to them at this. Yeah, point. yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, I got some meetings next week, but. <laughs> No, no, no! I don't. I do not. No, have I'm saying me. No, oh, you do. <laughs> like, well, how much can you give us again? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It's not. It's not sponsored or subsidized in any way by Sony, which uh, I think keeps the uh, the DNA of the show pure, and which is right, why you have such right. a large audience because people people key into that that nonpartisanship, if you will. Well, I mean, for us, I mean, Andy and I started this because when we were switching over to Sony, we found a dearth of information out there. You know, there wasn't that much information or reliable information, I should say. There was information scattered all over the place about the Sony Alpha system. And we wanted a place where people could go to find information, reliable information from people who are actually using the system as opposed to just, you know, blog posters posting stuff without really actually out yeah. there shooting this yeah. stuff. So. Um, so that's how that was the genesis of of the podcast. Yeah, and now it's crushing it. It is absolutely crushing it, as you know. So, well, cool. Well, thanks for doing that show, and thanks for uh, for coming on and helping us do this show. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. I lo- love being in here and having fun with you guys. You know, where else can you be talking about photography while having a beer and talking to some cool? That's people? the whole yeah. point of Twip. People ask me all the time. Right. They're like, "What is Twip?" I said, "Twip." Is me sitting down with a couple of my really good friends talking about something that we all enjoy, which is photography. That's that's right. all Twip right. is. You know, that's all it is. You know, if, it's all about you. It Frederick. is all. It's all about well, you. Well, that's the subtext, but <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, it is. I mean, it is. It's about it's about photography. We all love and enjoy the gear, the technique, the controversy, all that stuff. Each, you know, all of my friends bring a slightly different spin on it. Like Sarah comes in from the pro photographer, you know, building her empire slash monopoly. And, you know, Juan, you're the traveling, you know, traveling around doing workshops and alpha mirrorless and going to marriage counseling and all that stuff. So, so. <laughs> it's, perfect. it's perfect. 
perfect perfect all right guys uh twip listeners we are at the end of another episode of this week in photo be sure to visit the new twip school that we started uh several months ago at twipschool.com and of course you can check out the twip website at thisweekinphoto.com and of course subscribe to our other podcasts including alpha mirrorless and several others Let's go to thisweekinphoto.com and you'll see them all listed in the top menu bar, depending on whatever your flavor or or uh, kind of photography that you love is. We probably have a show for you and we're adding more all the time. But now it is time to take that lens cap off. <laughs> Weekend Photo is a Pixelcore.tv production produced by Suzanne Llewellyn with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar.